I'm Ninja Sister. And I'm Pandalicious. And this is the Ashcast. This is Electric Sisterhood, podcast episode number 625. Crossplay could mean the end of the console wars. Uh oh. This is Electric Sisterhood, home of the original. The fucking original. Girl Gaming to Gadget and Anime Podcast. I am Ninja Sister. And I'm Pandalicious. Welcome to a brand new episode of our weekly podcast, Panda Ninja. Girl, how you What's doing? What's up? Uh, I'm alive. I'm healthy. I got some pizza. There's turkeys outside. Another one. So like, you're winning. I'm winning. 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 Another one. Another one. That's good. You know, I woke up today, so A, ahead of the game. You know? Uh, No, I'm doing good, too. I've been playing a bunch of games and just kind of trying to keep treading water with all the stuff popping off this week. I mean, there's there's a few things that I got to bring on the table because we we haven't really talked about Vic Mignola, and I kind of want to. I was... I. I have been teetering on whether or not I wanted to talk about this, but if you bring it up, I'm gonna bring it up. I'm gonna bring it up, and we're gonna put it on the table. And part of the reason why I didn't want to bring it up when everything was popping off was simply because I wanted to wait until there were some more stories from some credible places. Yeah, you know, because everyone is innocent until proven guilty. Absolutely, and and I am a firm believer. Okay, I am that way. Exactly. And I'm a firm believer in that. But for those who are not aware, Vic Mignola is a very popular voice actor. Uh, He's done a lot of work with Funimation. Isn't he Deku on My Hero? He's a lot of prominent voices that we've heard over the years. Yeah, yeah. Over a year ago, some first uh, stories came out about him being... Uh, sexually abusive and him being inappropriate towards women at convention shows as well as people that he worked with and you know it again you always take everything with a grain of you know innocent until proven guilty but more and more stories started to come out not just from fans or people that attended shows that Vic did signings at but also people that Vic had worked with including Monica Rial. Yeah. And yeah. and Monica is, you know, a very well-known voice character. Pretty much, if you have an anime character uh, from anything that Funimation does and you're like, this is my best girl, nine times out of ten, Monica Rial did that voice. And yep. either her or Wendy Lee. Or Wendy Lee. <laughs> like, or, that's... or Laura Bailey. <laughs> yeah, Laura Bailey. Laura Bailey, do we get in the, ru- the, the runaround? This is true. This is true. After I heard... Monica's story and her relating more than one instance of things happening. You know, there, there's there's also a point where you kind of have to go, hey, there's some smoke with this yep. fire. Yep. And so 
You got you got to follow it and figure you got to follow it. Who's, now who's again, shit on fire. I I want to stress all of these stories and all of these things, all of the behaviors. These are all alleged ac- accusations against Vic. Okay, nothing has gone to court. Nothing's been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. These are all allegations. There are quite a few allegations that are out there, and so as such, many many uh, shows cons that Vic had been scheduled to appear at, one after another most recently in the last, I would say, last month and a half, have started announcing that Vic will no longer be appearing at those shows. Um, Some of them were small shows, but now it's getting into the big ones. You know, Anime Nexus said that he won't be there. Funimation has said that they are no longer working with Vic. You know, so until everything pans out and, you know, we get to the bottom of all the allegations, I am just in a place where... I kind of look at the space and go, you know, the entertainment industry as a whole, right? Whether it's anime, video games, or things like that, just as a whole, I think that it is a good thing that more companies are listening to stories and taking the precautions of, we're going to back off of these things, working with these people and those kinds of things, until... There is a resolution, whether that's, you know, court and allegations are either proven to be true or to be false, but but actually listening and not creating a situation where other things could take place, I think is a smart thing. I have never met Vic. I've never gone to a show that he has been at. So I I have no firsthand stories or interactions with him. But what I can say is that, you know, There are a lot of allegations out there, and I think that it will be smart to get to the bottom of them, because if they're not true, somebody's career shouldn't be destroyed, but if they are, then he should be held accountable. Accountability needs to... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and that's just it. Like, at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about punish because, hey, I'm not a judge, I'm not a jury, those kinds of things, but you have to be held accountable for your actions. So, if, if... The allegations are true. He should be held accountable. If they're not, then the people making false claims should be held accountable. Accountability, period. It goes both ways. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to get into, you know, the details and salacious pieces of it because that doesn't really matter and it doesn't do anyone any good to bring up trauma. But if you're interested, it is very easy to search out Vic Mignola and see different stories and different accounts, you know. And and at the same time, there was another story done by a woman that I met one time who alleges that Ray Gutierrez, also known as the Crown Killer, used to do video production for PlayStation and then started his own media company, was also a abusive douchebag. Tara put her story out and listed all of her allegations over the course of their relationship, uh, which was multiple years, uh, in a story that she posted on Medium. It's not the first time that allegations have been made about Ray and his behavior. You know, again, so this is another person in the entertainment industry, specifically video games, uh, who's well-known in video games. We have a lot of friends that were friends with Ray. For a long time, I was friends with Ray. He helped me get into a PlayStation event one time. Ray was crazy. I think you even went to the PlayStation uh, media briefing where I was like, you got to meet this guy. He was in the spark, the pink sparkling sequence suit doing the vidcast. 
and we just got to wave because we had to go in. But uh, um, I, I think so. Yeah. Because you were like, "Who is this fabulous guy?" And I was like, "He's not gay. I know. I know he's in a pink sequin suit, blazer, and pants. But and and eye makeup to like heaven. But <laughs> who is this fashion icon, regardless right. of his sexual right. orientation? Right. And again, a lot of allegations. She's not the only person to make allegations of abuse, sexual, physical, and otherwise. All I will say is, and I will just keep saying it to the I have no wind left in my lungs if you're in a situation and it just doesn't feel right for any reason any reason step away from the situation talk to a friend go to a friend go to a family member just get out of the situation and then try to look at it objectively and determine whether it's a place for you really to be where you feel safe where you feel loved I don't care if you're a man woman or child that's all I'm going to say about that. Enough of the downer stuff. Let's talk about upper stuff. I think that's smart. Yeah. I like positivity. Positivity. Woo! It's yeah. good stuff. Okay. So, I've been playing a bunch of games. Like, a bunch of games. And I, I got I to gotta talk about a couple things. I'm definitely going to talk about Crackdown. Like, that's going to happen. Like So, Crackdown 3. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk a little bit about Apex Legends. Uh, I'm girding my loins. I okay. knew that was coming. Okay, but I don't think you know the why. What do you want to put on the table, sis? Because I feel like I always go first, and then you're just like, I got five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that should just be, it's it's very much like the whole, I think it's, is it Jimmy Kimmel who's like, and Nat, and we have to bump Matt Damon? Yes. Where I just get always used to the bumping that, like, yes. if I get on it, if I get on the stage, I'm not really talking. I'm just walking out because we're out of time. Right. No, um, so I, I have a small game um, that I have bumped into. And I mean, I kind of feel bad now because it's kind of a downer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Like, so, you got so, us all ramped up with these okay, happy so, vibes. So then why don't, I, why don't we come back to your down. game then? So I'm going to put like a like a nice, warm, like quick little <laughs> feeler out, and then we'll come back to your game. And then we'll go back to positivity. How about we play this like a compliment sandwich? Like, we do something positive, we put something a little uncomfortable in the middle yeah, of the yeah. sandwich, and then we round off with something happy and bouncy. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do that. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to... A kickoff on the positivity. There's been a lot of rumors going around uh, since Reggie Fizzami, um I know announced his retirement. Which uh, guys, we're gonna get to positive. I promise. I cried. I was at work, and one of my interns was watching the stream while eating her lunch. And when I heard Reggie say that he was retiring, I jumped out of my cube and went over to her desk. And, like, just watched the whole stream. And, like, I teared up. Yeah. I really did. Oh, no. Like, for, for, and I think that Reggie probably meant a little bit more to you and I in his position at Nintendo than necessarily just all the fans of, you know, Nintendo America. And and the reason why I say that is Reggie was a beloved, beloved person in the industry, okay? Whether you are a strict, you know, my console only fan or not, everyone loved and respected Reggie. Whether you're a PlayStation fan, an Xbox fan, console fan or whatever, Reggie always just, like, had a... 
which was odd for Nintendo of America C-suite people, charisma. It was obvious that he was a gamer, that he tried to be in on a joke. He appreciated a good meme about himself, a good joke about himself. Reggie was the type of person that whenever he was at a show, if you wanted to get a picture or say hi or, you know, get a hug, he would make it happen. Even if it meant that he was going to be a little late to something else, he very much appreciated the community of gamers that existed. And you felt that. And that was great because you didn't always feel that from PlayStation. I think now that you have, you know, people like Matt Booty and Phil Spencer at Xbox, you feel that a little bit more in in the Xbox community. But Reggie has always, always loved the gaming community. And it came through in the way that he interacted with the community as well. You know, like he he made goofy videos and goofy comments in treehouses and set himself up to be memed and just marveled at the creativity that the community came up with. But for me, Reggie meant so much more because Reggie was the first African-American in a senior position that I ever saw in the game industry growing up. He was it. Like, I had never seen a black person, a Hispanic person in a huge front-facing leadership role in the game industry. It was always when I was growing up, and this was in, you know, the late 80s and early 90s, white dudes. And nothing against white dudes. Why some of my closest friends are white dudes. But it was just great to see somebody who looked like he could be in my family be the CEO of Nintendo America. You know, it seeing that made that something I could strive towards. Seeing him in that role really, for me made me go, hey, I could have a seat at this table one day because I see somebody like me there. So there's a place for people like me there. I, I, it, It's possible. And so Reggie made me feel like that was possible. You know, I used to love getting my Nintendo Power magazines and I, I would look for, like, photos of him and I didn't even care what the article was. I would just look for photos of him in the magazine and to see what he was saying and, and to, you know, also check out the games that were coming to my system. But it is definitely a end of an era for me, personally, on multiple levels. And so I did. I teared up. I'm happy for him. Don't get me wrong. And, and I don't think that Reggie will, you know, leave the space. I think that he's authentically a gamer. So he'll be around. He'll be... At trade shows, I think that it's great that he is, you know, taking the time to step down while, you know, he still has his health. You know, he's made quite a few dollars to be able to spend more time with his family. And I think that that is admirable and great and a wonderful thing to do. It's it's the reason why you work, right, is to build up the nest egg and to be able to then step back and be able to enjoy your life with your friends and your family and be able to afford to do that. And while you still have, you know, your health to do that. So I don't knock it in any way other than to say that, you know, I completely admire Reggie and all the things that he was able to do for Nintendo North America, for people of color within the gaming community for decades And, you know, I will miss seeing him on Treehouse videos and uh, hopefully I will still see him at some events that we go to so that it doesn't feel like my Uncle Reg is gone. But that being said, 
while that was all happening, some rumors started to float around because, you know, both Nintendo and Microsoft, Xbox specifically, made a point of making news about their attendance at E3, where Sony said that they would not be going. So you remember that? Like the big, and we talked about it on the show of like, you know, people saying that it's the end of E3 because Sony's not going to be there and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, that's not the case. I'm like, but it's definitely going to be different. And then like right Mm -hmm. after the announcement, Microsoft was like, hey, we're looking forward to seeing everybody. We're going to see at E3. I think it's really interesting that Rumors have been popping around for a couple of reasons. One, you know, Microsoft just did a little stream update on YouTube a few weeks ago where, you know, they mentioned that they were, you know, kind of reorganizing themselves a little bit. You know, Phil's focusing on, Phil Spencer is going to be focusing on PC gaming and games for Windows because I kind of really haven't been focusing on that like they had been focusing really on Xbox and and Xbox Live for the past two years. And so they were renaming Microsoft Game Studios to Xbox Game Studios. And most people didn't bat an eye at, at that change, but I did. Because I'm like, they're distancing themselves from the Microsoft branding in the Xbox world if you look around. Right? Like, you have Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live. And now instead of having Microsoft Game Studios, you have Xbox Game Studios. And so are they just going to be focusing on console? So are they lining Xbox up to really be its own division separate from the Microsoft stuff? Right? Like that to me is a big significant name change to rebrand the game studios that way. But even at that point, I still didn't have like any thought of, okay, but what does this really mean and what could be translating for towards the future? Right now there are rumors circulating around that at E3... Xbox and Nintendo are going to be announcing that Game Pass, as well as some games that are coming from Xbox Studios, are going to be available on Switch. The leading rumors right now are that Cuphead and Ori are coming to Switch. And that's what I went... I heard heard Cuphead. I heard. I heard that one for sure. Yeah. And and that's when I went, okay, here's the deal. When they were Microsoft Game Studios, it's a harder sell to get your games, stuff that you're making in-house, on another platform and allow it. But if you're Xbox Game Studios, then you're like every other dev on the planet, and you can be a third-party studio for other platforms. Okay. Now, Sony recently said in an article, finally... That yeah, they kind of messed up on the whole everybody wants to play with everybody thing. Like, they really thought that PlayStation people didn't want to play with anybody else. And so that's why they were so staunch against crossplay. And they were like, yeah, we kind of we kind of kicked the pooch on that one. And they did. Because crossplay is where it's at. They basically said, yeah, we messed up on crossplay. Our bad. They didn't necessarily say that they were going to fix it. This is, you know, they're looking for solutions. Hey, hey. Acknowledgement is the first step towards recovery. This is true. You are correct. Xbox and Nintendo 
remember when they were doing the blue and the green and red ads of like, hey, what are you doing? And then Nintendo would answer back because they got crossplay right on Fortnite, like right off the bat. You know, yep. Phil and the team at Xbox have been saying that it's about gamers. It's about playing the games that you love wherever you want to play them and with whomever you want to play them. And I think that that's really important. You know, when when you have crossplay available, then you have a bigger pool of players. Like, period, end. It's really that simple. If you get your ego out of the way and focus on, we have a much larger consumer base, if regardless of what platform you're on, you can play my game, then if you're only on my platform. I definitely... And feel- nobody makes money off of hardware. Like, nobody makes no. money off of the console ah. sale. I feel like Nintendo... Mm, they're I'll, still not profitable on the Switch. But I'm just saying, like, in terms of innovation and getting people interested, Nintendo seems to be on a better path to unlocking that, I think. Well, because, every, again, Nintendo every, has always had the games in the castle, right? Like, right, Nintendo yeah. is, like, the definition of, this is only for us. You can only yeah. do this here. You can only have Mario here. And they seeped out a couple years ago, starting with, you know, the mobile, with the the um, Mario run on iOS. That was their first foray into, we're going to loosen this up and let this out. We're going to yes. let Mario onto something that isn't Nintendo-only made, and we're going to see what happens. And it was so fucking profitable. No, but I'm just saying that of all of them, I think Nintendo, like I said, was just kind of in, it's in a place where... I think if anyone's going to unlock that yep. potential, it will be Nintendo. Correct. I agree with you. I agree with you. So that that's where I was getting with that. Gotcha. But I mean I mean at from that marketing standpoint though, like you kinda can't blame, you know, Sony and Microsoft for trying to establish, you know, like trying to find that exclusivity, trying to find that thing that brings people to them because it's a business at the end of the day. Yep. Like, there there are profit lines, there are margins they have, and there are goals that they need to make. Yep. So, like, well, you know, we all want to be kumbaya, kumbaya. And, I mean, this is something that we, as mm. laymen every day, deal with on, like, a constant thing. Yeah. I'd love to be like, hey, you know what? Like, with my job, like, hey, I'd love to be able to work with all governments, but that's not necessarily... Right. You right. right. You're right. But like, hey, I could be respected, like, respectable, like, we could be cordial, but at the end of the day, I have a goal that I need to meet. I don't right. want to have to step on you to do that, and if there's mm-hmm. a way that we could both do what we need to do so that we can, you know, keep our livelihoods, right. so be it. But at the end of the day, they're all each their own entity that have their own own things that they're trying to do. Right. So and, like, and I don't and I get take... it from that standpoint, but... yeah. And I don't take anything away from that. And you're absolutely right. Like, at the end of the day, Sony has to bring back profits to its shareholders or bad things happen for people happen. and the for, company. You know, absolutely. Right, exactly. Absolutely. You, could have, you could have a great year and still have to, like, lay off 800 people. And let's then not, how do let's you, not how do you, get started. How do you measure your success with that? It's like, hey, no. we had really good numbers, but you know what? We, we had to take out, like, a tenth of our workforce. I Don't get me started on that again because it's just, not going to be pretty. I'm just, say, I'm just saying, sis. That, you know, success has very different levels of what, like, okay. margins of that success some, looks some like. some different level bullshit, and we can go it there is. again if we no, want to. but I'm, I'm just saying, okay. you know, like, you could be all kumbaya, kumbaya, but, you know, if that money drops, there goes right. a whole chunk of people who don't have jobs, and then it's not really kumbaya for them, is right. it? Right, and I think that that's the difference between, you know, a company that is just a 
publisher and a company that is a platform. You know, yeah. at the end yeah. of the day, it's not like Activision had hardware sales to kick back on. And also, they got rid of creative because they're just changing their entire structure. So it's a, it's a little bit of a different deal. It's a different but, beast. But, but you, you, beast. It, is, it is the same thing. You know, at the end of the day, if the profit isn't coming in, jobs are going to get lost be, because right. that's where you're first going to cut to try and make up those losses. So I, I completely, completely am with you on the line of logic. What I think... I'm looking at right now and why I see it as a positive, even if the rumors are not 100% true, is that the conversation is now happening. And it's a good thing because you look at games like Fortnite where they've proven that crossplay is a positive thing and not a negative thing. Okay. And again, that's a game that was released that wanted to have and pushed to have crossplay available so that everybody could be in the pool. And for Battle Royale games, that's exactly what you want. You don't want just the pool of what's on your platform in. You want mobile players, console players, PC players, everybody in the pool. Right. And so you can make that work cooperative gameplay across consoles seems to be, surprise, surprise, popular among the gaming community. Because I'm no longer stuck with, oh, I play this game. Oh, but I play it on Xbox. Oh, and then we can't play together. Like, I mean, I can, And I find that that's a real, like, that's a real thing that's like an issue. I don't want to say issue. It's not like, oh my God. No, it's but it's a downer. It comes up. It comes it, up often. It is now part of common conversation. Like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, I'm playing Diablo 3 right mm-hmm. now. And I had friends over the other day and literally someone's like, are you playing it on computer or are you playing it on the, P- you know, on the PlayStation 4? Because you can. Mm-hmm. You can play Diablo 3 particularly. And I'm like, For one, I just want people to know that I'm an old school Diablo, and I played Diablo on a Mac back in the day. Yep. Played all three on a Mac, and attempted... Yeah, because it couldn't get it to run on that HP. You were so pissed. we tried. (laughs) You tried tried so so hard. hard. (laughs) Yeah, so when I tell people that I played Diablo on Mac, they all laugh at me because they don't believe Macs are computers, but you know... Uh Whatever, guys. Yes. I'm over it's a it. a big old W on uh, that. But, but I literally had someone be like, oh, well, what are you playing it on? And I'm like, I'm playing it on Diablo. And like, and I, I mean, I'm playing it on PlayStation 4. And like, my husband will jump in and jump out every once in a while when I'm playing it. But like, mm-hmm. I haven't played with anybody else on it because I think, one, I think the staple of people who play Diablo, like play it religiously, mm-hmm. are hardcore, it's PC only. Right. And I mean, and... Since I came from there, like, I came to Blizzard via computers, you know, like, playing it on PlayStation 4, like, I can, I see where the issue is, per se, because, you know, I'm so used to being able to hot map my keys and have, you know, my mouse, you know, my trackpad ready or my rolling ball ready to go. It's just easy to jump into it in that medium, and Mm -hmm. I'm struggling to actually play it on the PS4 because I'm so used to being like, oh, I could just tap this button. Like, my reaction time is so much slower, Mm -hmm. and it's much sloppier to me, which, Mm -hmm. you know, so, I mean, I feel like some games, you know, like, I love the idea of being able to port things all the way over and, like, have you know, games across all consoles and, you know, computers and stuff, but I think some games are just 
hardcore built and wired to and, be and their I think most that that comes with you know on, how they're ported over for sure. Yeah. I think that's a that's a piece of it. But I also think that, you know, it's nice to be able to have people who maybe have never played Diablo before and they're comfortable on console. For them, it's probably not a struggle and it's more of a fresh start because their, their only experience with Diablo has been what's been mapped to, to their keys. And th- I'm not saying, you know, PC over console or vice versa because that's, that's not my bag. It's whatever you feel comfortable playing on and has the games that you want use that. What right. I'm saying is I think that it's great to be able to see a place coming in the future where it's not going to matter whether or not I'm playing the game on the Xbox or a PlayStation. If you have the game as well and we want to play together, we can. And that's a Desegregate. Desegregate. Segregation is wrong, guys. Have we like Have we not learned? Actually, we haven't learned. We, we clearly we, have not we learned this. We have lesson. not learned. Like legit jokes aside, like, you know, one of the things that that really made me fall out of Destiny, in all honesty, because y'all know how much of a Destiny freak that I Girl, was. do you know Destiny 2 is free on PS4 right now? <laughs> no. Like, this is I how just, out of it I am. No. This is, I was so pissed. So, <laughs> <laughs> right? Girl, like, why was you pissed? Well, here, so here, so here's what I was pissed about, right? Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I had a couple friends over the other day, and, like, yep. we were about, we were going to play a board game, but we were, we were eating some dinner before we started. And, like, I have, I bought Destiny 2, because yep. we played the campaign, you and yep. I. Mm-hmm. And, and we had a good time playing the we campaign. Had a, we had a good time playing the campaign. But, like, we're on my husband's PS4, because we have two PS4s in the house, and I see it on his, like, where his games are. And I'm like, when did you buy Destiny 2? And he's like, oh, I didn't. It's, like, free now. I'm like, what do you mean it's free now? <laughs> I'm like, I paid full price for that shit. Yo, I paid full price plus the price for the fucking Forsaken, dog. Like, yeah. and I was like, do you know how much yeah. money I have well, sunk into Destiny since the first game came out? No, and I don't, I don't want it. I don't want it. Nope. Shh. <laughs> I don't want to know. But I was legit like, motherfucker. If mm-hmm. I could have just held out my reservation. Like I would have just not. Yeah, but there's too many games coming right now, so you wouldn't be playing. But you wouldn't be playing it right now either, because there's so many games out right now that you can't even do it. I mean, uh, but I was just, I was so mad, dude. Like this month is like no joke. There's so many games I just like am looking at from afar. Like one day, precious, one day. Like if you could just wait out long enough, and it becomes a PS4 like free for the month. It's gonna be on. It's gonna be free. Um. It's going to be a PS Plus game. It's going to be on Xbox Games Pass or Games of Gold. Like, it's ridiculous when I look at, like, how much I have access to, but also what's coming out. So, anyway, I think crossplay is a really great idea, and I'm it is now making me curious as to just exactly what is going to happen and be announced at E3, specifically from the Xbox and Nintendo households. Yeah, I guess. Because... You know- because I'm just thinking, okay, Ori and Cuphead on Switch, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's a lot and, of I sense. Mean, and, and I, like, I didn't get very far in Cuphead, but I completely <laughs> Me either. I fucking loved it, but what that either. game stands for. When I beat that like, carrot, I was like, yeah, you are my than bitch. I did. <laughs> when I beat the carrot, I was like, you are my bitch. You are a bitch. I didn't even Your get mother was a bitch. Carrot. You didn't okay. beat the carrot? 
Yeah, it took me but a like, few times to get through the running I gun. Just, I think I think I kind of have a I kind of have a tee hee ha ha. <laughs> like I have a tee hee ha ha over this whole thing only because I just remember how much rage, collective rage, that the gaming community, like that love hate rage that we all had when Cuphead first came out, and I just I don't know if it would be advantageous for humans to take Cuphead in a mobile capacity and just exude yeah, that rage I mean, you, out uh, in yeah, the world. I just, mm, yeah, like, I hope everybody got that on insurance the on the... Trying to fight something <laughs> and, like, you know, end up starting a riot on a train, you know, or, like, being on a plane Don't... and then getting ape shit and then having, like, you know, the, a marshal, like, Don't have to throw take your me down because I'm, you know, because I'm upset. Like, I don't need none of that in my life. Don't throw your switch. <laughs> don't but throw like, your switch. Ori, Ori, I'm down for, for real, like 100%. It's super cute. I think I watched my husband play that whole game. You know, but it, it opens up quite a few things because, you know, how, not that I play it, but <laughs> uh huh. how dope would Forza be on a Switch? I mean, you know. When it's if you, handheld. If you, play, if you played it, racing games. If it's you know. handheld, though. Cause really, like, I, st- I think you still wouldn't play it if they were like, no. I mean, I wouldn't play it. I don't. Brain. I don't play. I don't play for it until I have a setup that will allow me to have a driving wheel. I'm not, not gonna play a driving way. game. I, I, and that's just me. Okay, this is my bias, but I fucking hate trying to play driving games with a dual analog stick controller. I want pedals and I want a driving wheel, and until I have those, I'm not gonna play driving games. Okay. Okay. Like, you can kind of sort of play fighting games with a dual analog stick, but I still prefer joystick. I I still prefer console arcade-rated fight stick to play fighting games. You know, you use the right tool for the job. Dual analog stick controllers are great for platformers, puzzlers, and for first-person shooters. They're not great for driving games. They're not great for fighting games. They're okay. Okay, it's just like trying to play a game that is keyboard-based and was optimized and built for keyboard first and trying to map it to a console controller. It feels ganky. Okay. And I don't like ganky-feeling things. And I haven't found a drive wheel that I absolutely love and a driving game that I absolutely love to justify the purchase of the game wheel (laughs) because good ones are not cheap. So, I mean, that's 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 just it. Like, I crack jokes, but it's because I don't have a driving wheel. That's why I don't want to play Forza. Because it absolutely looks gorgeous. You know, I used to play Gotham, uh, the Gotham racing game. And I love those cars and I love that game. But it it after about the fourth circuit, it was just too intense to try and control your car the way that I needed to in order to win the races using a controller. And so Gotham Street Racing was like the last racing game like I played heavily. And on the piece on the PlayStation side, it was Gran Turismo 3 cuz I had a driving wheel for my PlayStation at the time. And that I hooked up to a TV tray in order to drive, but then it broke. And then I stopped playing racing games. I will remember. <laughs> 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 rest in peace 
but yeah, you know is. it's it's true you know and so once i get around to like getting a good driving wheel again i'll be all over those shits because i do enjoy racing games but only with a driving wheel you know it's one of the reasons why i haven't picked up dead or alive six yet because i don't have a good arcade stick that works with my xbox i mean because the well, arcade yeah, stick are, that i have you only are works. strongly living your xbox life right now mm-hmm. it happened for a while actually now that I yeah about it. mm-hmm for the most part, and that's part of the reason why I fell out of Destiny, getting back to my original thought, was because when most of the people in my clan on PS4 moved on to pretty much Fortnite, like, literally, they all just, like, overnight jumped into Fortnite, and they've never come back. It's like, Dad's just gonna go get some cigarettes. Right. Never He'll be back. back. He'll be back. <laughs> He'll no, be back. No, he won't. <laughs> he won't be back. No, he won't. The rest of my friends that were still playing Destiny were on Xbox, and I didn't have Destiny 2 on Xbox, and I didn't want to buy a whole second copy of the game again, because I did do that for Destiny 1. But for Destiny 2, I didn't want to buy the game again, run through the, the campaign again, just to be able to play with my friends that were still playing the game. And that's the main reason that I popped out of Destiny, because Destiny is much more fun when you're playing with your friends than necessarily just single player, or even even the campaign is more enjoyable when you're doing it with a friend as opposed to, you know, by yourself. And so that's why I stopped playing the game, you know, and I, I look at, you know, all the Battle Royale stuff that's popping up now, like, like, um, Apex Legends has become really, really popular right now. And I, again, am not a Battle Royale fan. Okay. I get the draw. I love watching my friends and other people play the game. Like Apex looks awesome. It very much feels to me. Kind of like Overwatch. So, yeah, it does. It does. So, like... As someone I, who a, who watches a team of dudes play it every Wednesday. And by that I mean last Wednesday, because they just started. <laughs> um, and when they, when they decided... So, like, I have a gaming group that we all get on our PS4s on Wednesday. And we were playing Friday the 13th for a while. But they're like, mm-hmm. we could jazz it up a little bit. And they decided to go to Apex Legends, and I'm like, oh, God, it reminds me of Fortnite, guys. I'm going to step out. Yeah. Because I, I ain't too bueno at that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, looking at the characters, I already know I'd want to be Life, Lifeline. Mm-hmm. And she like a brown chick, and she the healer. And I'm like, mm. Like, stop making, stop making the cute-ass characters. Stop making this juicy for me, guys. Right. Because then here I go, stepping into this stereotype, like, not trying... No, granted, the guys I'd play with are, like, super cool and always very respectful of me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm very appreciative of the gaming group of guys that I play with, but I am the only chick who plays, so I'm like, I should fix that. Um, <laughs> but, but I was like, let me watch you guys play it. Let me get an idea for it. Maybe I'll jump in. Maybe I won't. And it looks fun. You know, it, it definitely does scream Fortnite to me because, you know, you drop from... You drop mm-hmm. from a plane, and you, like, go down to an area, you try to get some shit, and then you try to take out the other teams, and yep. you're on teams of three. Everyone has their own type of abilities, and I mean, like, Lifeline, which I actually think you'd appreciate her as a character, bro. Because, I like, do appreciate it, her as a character. I watch a shit ton of people play Apex. Like, like, I... I, I, I just don't I was, have a crew, so I'm not playing it. Right. I mean, like, I kind of dig her because I'm like, oh, Lifeline. And then there she is with a drum. I'm like, oh, like, Drumline. And she's mm-hmm. also a healer. So Lifeline. Oh, mm-hmm. I dig it. Yeah. Damn it. Somebody somebody knows how to get me interested. Right. Like, 
like respawn has done a great job with the game because like initially i completely brushed it off because i'm like oh here's another battle royale game Whoop but then i started watching some of my friends play it and i was like wow like even though it is a battle royale game for some reason, the way that it is structured, when you actually start getting into the gameplay, and I don't know if it's the the team of three, if it's the dynamic, the character designs, because the character designs very much feel like they all have charisma, which is really cool, because usually it's just like, pick girl number three. But no, like Lifeline, at, to your point, is very different than you know the other characters that are in the game. They all feel very unique in that they're their own character. And that very much reminded me of Overwatch. Now, Overwatch, I love. Okay, I'm not great at it. I suck at it. But I do enjoy playing Overwatch, especially when I, you know, have one or two people that I'm playing with. You know, I don't necessarily need, like, my whole squad to be people that I know. But I like playing with, like, at least one other person that I know. Because then I feel comfortable getting on mic. It very much, to me, felt like a blend of the things that I really liked in Overwatch. And the things that I do like that are in Fortnite put together but it's from respawn and it just it like flows beautifully like i might if i can get some people to play with me i might actually get apex it might happen because i enjoy it like i like the characters i i've loved watching everybody that i've been watching playing and i have like a bunch of people friends that are streamers some streamers that i've been watching playing like it looks fun it kind of reminds me of Destiny. I mean, it doesn't hurt, bro. <laughs> Sometimes they burns us, though. I've been burnt on Battle Royale. I mean, I've I had a shit time in PUBG. I care to count. I had a shit time in PUBG, which is why I, I obliterated it from my Xbox. Like, my first three times in were absolutely horrible. And not my my playing was horrible, but stuff that was said to me. <laughs> oh no, you don't was horrible. Me, I know. And so I obliterated it off of my system. And I'll be honest with you, it's what jaded me on Battle Royale. But anyway, you said you had a game that yeah, you bumped so into so discovered. Since, so since we've now kind of gone down a step, I could just put in my really low thing so that we can end on a high note. So. Exactly. So what do you okay. get? So I mean, it's actually funny that we were having conversations about family a bit before we started the show because <laughs> Uh-oh. The game the game I'm talking about is called My Big Sister. Oh no. And it's available on Steam. I've been watching pretty much there's a YouTuber I like to watch who who likes to play a lot of, you know, RPG maker horror type games. Like, you know, Mad Father and like Momica and all of those and he played one called My Big Sister which I was like, "Oh, well I have a big sister. How sad and depressing can this be?" Oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, no. No, no, no. It actually, it's got six endings, and believe it or not, like, not all of them are, like, overwhelmingly sad and depressing, but it's literally a story of two sisters, an older sister named Sombra and a younger sister named Luzia, so, like, light and dark. Yeah. And, you know, Sombra is the older sister, and, you know, she's really, like, kind of like high key mean to her younger sister Luzia and like Luzia is like a smart ass so I was like oh my god it's like my life and, <laughs> hey and, but I mean like Luzia is like 12 and like uh, Sombra is like I want to say like 18 
Okay, and, like, I was a dick when I was 18, so that's accurate. I mean, that makes some sense. And also, right. I mean, like, their age difference is kind of close to ours, too, yes. a little bit. Yes. So I was like, oh. I'm like, I get this. And, like, the dialogue is actually very natural for how, at least, I've always perceived our our familiar sisterly relationship. Jesus, fuck. And, like, and our, and our sense of rivalry, because I can admit it now as an adult that, like, I was very much, very much jealous of you pretty much every what? day. Oh, I'm so glad this is on audio recording. Yep, because I'll never say it again. Nope. <laughs> I have my issues. You have your issues. We adults now. We can, we can. Word. We can now we got volumes. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like botanic, botanic It's like Britannica. <laughs> One for each thing. And, um, but anyway, like in the first few days of the game, you know, Lucy is like, you know, I don't see mom anymore. And, you know, and the oldest no. mom is like, mom's just working a lot at the hospital. You know, she's a nurse and she's like, she, but you need to be in bed before she gets home or she's going to be mad. And Lucy always falls asleep to the car pulling into the driveway. Granted, by the time she wakes up, mom's gone. And uh-huh. like, this is how they've been living this whole time. Mm-hmm. And um, one one day... Like she's try she's she goes to bed, but she's like, I'm not really tired. So like she like sneaks out of her bedroom and she finds like this giant blood puddle in her living room and she doesn't see her sister Sombra anywhere. And like she's like, Oh well, this isn't good and like as a wisecracking twelve year old like goes to a kitchen and gets a knife and she's like and, and she's very snarky and sassy for a twelve year old and she's like, you know, if someone's taking somebody out, like, I'm taking people out. Like, no bones, no innocent me. Oh, like, Lord. blood's been drawn. So, like, very much like Boondocks, very much Riley. Like, here we go. Like, she's yep. just ready to kill. And I'm like, can we figure out what happened first? Maybe your sister just fell. Right. You don't know. Calm it down, little sis. As a, a little sis herself. Like, I mean, I appreciate your ride or dieness, but first of all, I mean, find out if you need to ride. Ass- assess the situation. Do you need to buckle up? Do you need to call for black up? Like, come on. And uh, and she and she goes outside and she sees this truck. That's not her mom's car. And, like, the blood leads to the car. And she gets in the car and Sombra's been, like, beaten, like, bludgeoned. Like, she's not dead, but she's been hit. You know? And, like, she's like, what happened? And she's like, you need to get out of this truck now. They're only for me. And she's all like, nah, I've got you. And, like, the car starts to move. So, like, they've both now been captured. And... Literally, like, their whole ride in this car. You know, Sombra's like, you know, I gotta tell you something because I think this might be, like, the end for us. And Lucia's like, nah, dude, as soon as they open that, I'm gonna, like, well, I mean, I'm talking far more ghetto than this girl does. But she's she's literally just like, no, you just lay low. When they open, I'll attack and you run. Like, Lucia's always, like, on the attack. Which I'm like, good for you, little sis, standing up for your big sis. Even though, like, they've been, you know bantering and bickering throughout these first few days so like mm-hmm. they clearly love each other but very mm-hmm. much like we say you don't always like your siblings right and you could definitely tell that there are days where they highly like each other and then there are days where they they clearly don't mm-hmm. kind of aspect so i found that really refreshing because that was a very realistic thing yep. for this one man development team to do because it's one guy um that's impressive made this, made this whole game and when they they fall asleep in the truck, and when they wake up, they're, they don't know exactly where they are. And this is where the game takes a very interesting turn, because there's a lot of strong homages to Studio Ghibli movies. Okay. So, like, so they, they come to, in this Chinese market, 
that kind of looks like like the town, like the demon town of Spirited Away. So like okay. all these okay. weird entities around, none of them are human. So every time they encounter another human, they are children and there are no adults there. So like, you're like, okay, well, this is kind of, this is kind of weird. And they go to this bathhouse where there's like this woman who isn't necessarily like, you know, Baba, Baba, Baba you or whatever her name was from Spirit Away, but Baba Yaga, but she, but she runs the bathhouse and this lady's like, look, I did some fucked up shit to my sister because my sister was hot and I was less hot and I wanted her legs. So I made a trade with a demon to get hot, sexy legs like my sister. And like she's in a pool when you talk to her and when she stands up, she has like extremely long gams. Mm. Like these are too long, you know, and she's like, and I paid, I paid a price for these legs because, you know. I didn't realize these were actually my sister's legs, so the demon, like, cut my sister's legs off and gave me her legs. Ew. Okay. Yeah. So, like, this this witch lady, this this essentially, you know, Yaga Babu, Babu Yagu, Ragu, Ragu. Baba um, Yaga. Yeah. So this, so this witch type is like, I've been cursed because of this, because of this deal I made. And I need to close the loop. I can't do it. I need two other sisters who are very similar to me to do this for me. So that's why I, I've taken you. You know, unless your sister wants to give me her body instead. So, of course, you know, little one's like, nah, you ain't, you ain't doing nothing to me or my sister. Word. I'll cut you. Mm-hmm. And Sabra's like, you know, she hasn't aggressed at us. Calm down. Like, just say no. But she's like, well, you can't, you kind of can't leave until you solve this problem for me. Also, you know, my sister's pretty pissed, and she is kind of around, so you might want to be careful. And, of course, like, the biggest, scariest entity of this whole thing is the sister who doesn't have her legs. Mm-hmm. Because she she is out to hurt anybody who crosses her path. And you actually and rightfully find out, so, some right. bitch uh, turned no, out to be her, her sister, her took sister, her legs. Her younger sister chopped her legs off. And at one point I was like, why is this, you know, the sisters that you play, why is this their problem Mm -hmm. and in the course of them being in this world the older sister sombra actually kind of gets turned into this entity of sorts so she's not exactly alive she has these powers but she also craves she's constantly hungry and her cravings get more and more interesting as the Mm -hmm. game goes Mm -hmm. lucia is just like you know what what do you need now she's like i just need food like bring me bring me four of whatever you can but they have to be the same thing and at first it's like leaves then it's mushrooms and then there's a dead deer in the forest and that got kind of weird and like there's some moments where there's some really scary fourth wall breaking where you know sombra is like i really need to eat and if you don't give me food i'm gonna get like you're really getting on my nerves and like she will then aggress towards you the player and not necessarily her sister in the game the story is very interesting and i'm gonna spoil it because i mean it is it it you can't not spoil it I can't. One, I can't because that's just kind of what I do. Two, like, this is, a, this is a genre that not many people play anyway, but, like, I always like them because the narratives are always usually really interesting and complex, and it's very true for this. But in the course of the story, you actually find out that their mother, Sombra and Lucia's, uh, Lucia's mother, died a year ago. And Sombra has been keeping this from her little sister. And... That's why she always makes Lucia go to bed so early before, 
you know, mom comes home and she's mm-hmm. been having her boyfriend drive his car in late at night to make Lucia Think that feel like her mom uh-huh. is home. And for this whole year, it's been weighing on Sombra that she hasn't been honest with Lucia and she's horribly depressed. And she actually, the, the whole demon loop thing that ties into them is because she is so depressed that once she goes to therapy, when that doesn't work, she kills herself. And you also find out that they have some type of mystical power and her depression actually manifests this time loop that they're in. That all these sisters are kind of in. So it's kind of Sombra's fault. And all the other sisters and stuff in this world that are plagued by this curse are all trying to get Lucia to stop the loop from restarting, which, you know, she's not aware that this has happened. She doesn't realize that her sister's depressed and that her mom's dead. And they can't come out and just say it to her. Like, she has to discover it on her own and make the right choice, or the loop will just perpetually happen. And you find out that it's been going on for a while now, for a very long time, and it still hasn't clicked. And through playing the game as the player, you're the one who actually ends up stopping the loop or closing the loop. And, I mean, that can go one or two ways. You can actually find the last few remaining bits of your mother. You can eat her heart and absorb her abilities, which aren't very good. Mm -hmm. You can choose to not close the loop. And you actually, the morning that the loop would reset. You go into your sister Samba's room and you find her hung and dead. Kind of like that whole doki-doki situation, which is very tense and very sad. Or you could have an ending where you stop your sister from killing herself because you've, you've pieced everything together and you're willing to go, I see that you're trying to protect me, but, you know, you could have... You didn't have to go to such mental and emotional, you know, torment with your depression over this secret. And we could have, like, tried to navigate this together. Like, she's a very perceptive fucking 12-year-old in this game. Like, I was nowhere near this enlightened at 12. Nah, you weren't. (laughs) No. Not even close. Not even remotely close to this level of emotional intelligence. And, like, I give this guy so much credit because, like, like I said, a lot of the dialogue and conversation just sounds, like, very much like this guy has sisters or has encountered a lot of sisterly relationships. Yeah. You know, and, like, it, it, it has this really nice familial sense to me. And, I mean, like I said, I've, I've watched Manly Badass Hero play at least three playthroughs now. So I haven't seen all the endings, but I know that mm-hmm. there's, like, one ending that's going to, like, really fuck my shit. Right. And, like, I don't want to be that sad right now. Right. So I'm not watching that one, but I right. will for, you know, the whole... But for those those siblings out there, which, you know, I hope several si- siblings listen to our show because, I mean, clearly we're sisters and we love each other and don't always like each other. Truth. But, I mean, like, I hope... You know, I mostly like you. I mean, I mostly like you, too. Yeah. Like, 85% of the time, totally would have your back. See? My number is, like, higher. Oh. <laughs> Fucker. Hey, that's like a solid B. First like, of all, I, I am A-grade material, bitch. Like, I got I got your back. I yeah, got I got it. your back in all times, but I, I mostly like it. you. Like, like, 96% of the time, I like you. Okay, like, 87%, I got Fuck you yourself. all the time. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah, I got bitch. You. <laughs> I love you, sis. But it's, 
And I mean, like, if 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 you have those types of feelings and discussions with your sibling or your sister, because I mean, I definitely think this panders far more to the the feminine aspect of familiar relationships mm-hmm. and you don't have an issue with, you know, and this game isn't nearly as gory as I was expecting it to be. Uh-huh. So like if, if you're, you want a little bit of spoon, it's more psychological of, than, than gory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's obviously some moments where like there's puddles of blood and stuff and like torn up animals, but like, it's not like people's intestines everywhere, like party streamers. But if, if you're looking for something a little interesting that actually has a lot of deep complexity in the relationships in siblings, or particularly sisters, then I would strongly suggest checking out My Big Sister on Steam. Is um, it PC only? Uh, I believe you can also play it on the Mac. And how much? Uh, so, I mean, like I said, I was just watching somebody play it. So okay. Like, I'm not playing Well, so you didn't do your research is what you said. No, saying. it's only $6 on okay. Steam, though. Okay. Like, it, you could get a Mick Pick 2. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep bringing up Mick Pick 2s. You like, do. Every, like, yeah. like, every episode oh, so for, like, the last few weeks. <laughs> I'm always thinking about that Mick Pick 2. <laughs> Can I get a mid-pick, too? Stop I it. Could, I wish you could Stop get it. Sponsored by McDonald's. Yo, <laughs> you better start reaching out to them and make that deal happen. Is then I can hate? get a mid-pick, too. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, this bitch will be video real quick. Oh, man. Get that Ronald McDonald money. Uh, anyway, McDonald money. A, but anyway, so actually that didn't end up on a strong, the strongest Saturn. That's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pick it up though. I'm going to pick it up because Crackdown 3. Go right ahead. The okay. floor is yours. Okay. So here's the deal. Okay. I'm Put gonna, your Crackdown. I'm going to, I'm going to, no, don't. Well, Crackdown 3, pick up. But if you have crack, like real crack, put that down. Because crack is whack. Whitney Houston told us that. Crack is whack. She's right. She's also dead. Anyway, so I have been playing Crackdown 3. Um, I picked it up on Games Pass because when the game released, it was available uh, same day, new. So you could either buy the game outright or if you had Games Pass on the Xbox, you could play the game. They also made the original Crackdown game available for free. Uh, they started that around Christmas, and we had mentioned that, but all the way up through the game release, it was available. So you could play the original Crackdown and then jump into three. I'm going to tell you right now, I have absolutely been enjoying my time in Crackdown 3. Crackdown 3 actually took me out of Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, so I stopped There's playing There's not a Kate. lot of things that wouldn't take people out of Kingdom Hearts 3. Wow, you are so salty. I, oh, You're I still sell- salty. That's I'm not so, even playing the story right now I in my s- Kingdom H3, my KH3. I'm literally just flying around space in my gummy ship, which is something I never did in the other two games unless I had to. <laughs> That's where I find my joy right now because the story is bonkers. <laughs> anyway, back to Crackdown 3. Um, so, so, in Crackdown 3, it is, I would say that it is absolutely accurate to say that Crackdown 3 is a spiritual successor to Crackdown 1. It is basically in the single play, in the campaign mode, because uh, campaign is separate from Wrecking Zone, which Wrecking Zone is the Battle Royale type multiplayer space. Okay. It is absolutely a joy to play. Like, I I talked a little bit about it before, you know, and how I really appreciated the devs coming out and talking about, you know, what 
was on the roadmap for them to work on and things like that. But I got to tell you, two weeks into the game now, I am still having a whole lot of fun. Like, between running around and changing propaganda towers. So, like, uh, basically it's kind of like Mass Effect. I'm changing all the red stuff to blue. So I'm, I'm smacking all the renegade propaganda down and putting up my Terry Crews towers. But between that and doing agility orb runs and races and, you know, just getting new weapons and seeing what they do and blowing shit up, it is just a rip-roaring good time. So, like, I I cannot stress enough, if you're on an Xbox and you have Game Pass, there's absolutely no reason why you should not install, at the minimum, the campaign mode for Crackdown 3. It is just crazy fun it's mindless fun i would say it is a really good palate cleanser okay because it's not deep the story is not deep the characters aren't deep it is just silly fun so if you need something to play for like 20 minutes 30 minutes between jumping back into your skyrims or your other deep games that you're playing Crackdown 3 is a great way to go about it. And, you know, just between the narrator coming in and, like, I had to go do something for a minute. So I put my character down and I heard the narrator berating me and going, we don't have all day, Agent. The city's not going to save itself. Like, they put Bitch, thought calm into... down. I'm tying my shoe. Like, I had to make some toast. I need some coffee. Give me, like, a few minutes. You know, I'm not your only agent. Have you talked to Flores? I mean, damn. I think I found him. I'm pretty sure I found his DNA. But it it really is a lot of fun because, like, the ship that you come into the town on, it gets blown up. So one of the collectibles that you have is finding the DNA strands of the other agents that were also destroyed because you were the sole survivor, supposedly, on the ship. And so as you find those other DNA strands, they then become characters that you can switch and play as. So if you want to start up a new game or you want to go into Wrecking Zone with those people, you can. So there's character unlock that's just naturally found. Like, as you walk into an area, if there's a DNA strand, it just shows up on your map. And then you can set a beacon and be like, I'm going to go get him. And then when you find the DNA, the announcer comes on and is like, oh, there you are, Torres. I was looking for you. Agent Torres was like a great team member. Crazy good behind the wheel of a car. Stunt tricks, you got him. Crazy great with grenades, too. Maybe a little too great. Maybe. And you're just like, hey. So everybody has flavor text as you find them. Like, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, I find myself giggling a lot of times at some of the things that I pull off. Uh, I haven't rage quit yet. If you do die while trying to take out an enemy, you spawn back where you were from the most recent checkpoint, which is really nice. So you don't have to restart a whole level from scratch because that shit sucks. The camera is great in the single player. So, like, I, I really just, like, on campaign, I don't really have a lot of complaints. It's a great palate cleanser and just, like, a fun, good time. So, definitely worth a pickup. And if the rumors are to be believed, it's very possible that Crackdown will not be a Nintendo, uh, I mean, a Xbox exclusive. And so, just to kind of, like, bring it back to where we started, I think crossplay and if this rumor about Xbox and Nintendo working together is to be believed and is true I think it is the true end of the console wars and also the end of exclusivity and exclusivity is one of the biggest things that I've not enjoyed 
about what's happened in the game industry over the last 10 years because I think exclusivity, again, just really is veiled segregation and I don't like it. Like if I can only do this thing in this one place, you're basically saying unless I have this one place, I can't do it. And as a gamer, I don't want that. When you think about, you know, how we consume entertainment now, it's on demand on the device that I desire at the time that I desire. And if you can feed it to me in that place, then you'll be successful. And I think this, the the video game industry is getting to that same place. You know, the console that you play the most is probably the one that's most comfortable for you. But as long as you can play the, all of the games that you want to play on it, then everybody wins. Because game sales is where the best margins are. It's not on the hardware. It's on the software. So if your software can go everywhere, you can get everybody's money. You Hashtag get, get my, rich. You can get my money. You can get my money. You can get my money. Everyone can get my money equally. Equal exactly. money opportunity. I'm an equal money opportunity I mean, chick. if I have the money. When I have the money. <laughs> if it's a pay week. <laughs> <laughs> or I get my taxes back. <laughs> I'm not getting taxes back. Me so either. I don't get taxes back. What is, what is, what is this tax refund? I hear tell of people getting refunds from taxes. That must be nice. <laughs> anyway. Maybe one day. But with that being said, it's been a great episode. I hope that you have enjoyed spending this time with us. If you like our podcast, then please make sure that you subscribe to our show. You can get it on our website, electricsisterhood.com, as well as check out some of the other great news and reviews that the entire team is creating. You can find the links to our podcast right on the homepage. Check out the podcast directory. The link's right in the top nav. Or you can subscribe to our podcast through iTunes, either on the desktop or through the podcast application on your iOS device by searching for the Eshcast and subscribing. You can also get our podcast through Google Play, through Stitcher Radio, through Vognetwork.com, as well as check out some of the other amazing shows that are on Vognetwork.com across all of geekdom, including anime, movies, drama, theater, board games, you name it. If it's nerdy, they're covering it over at vognetwork.com. So please make sure that you check them out as well as some of the shows that they do live on Twitch so you can be part of their chats as well. You can also check out and engage with us across our social. We are on Instagram at ESH News, on Twitter at ESH News, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Land of Esh. If you enjoy what we do here on Electric Sisterhood, then please make sure that you check out all of the other great content creators that are part of our family. That includes our homie King Baby Duck over at B3Crew.com and his bi-weekly podcast show, No Borders, No Race, where he spins musics from a ton of international artists, many of which you haven't heard of, but some you haven't. Have, as well as teaches you a little bit of Japanese in the process. So make sure that you check out No Borders, No Race, that you bookmark B3Crew.com and check out all of his great content. Moving down the line of fam and friends that you definitely want to make sure that you check out. That includes our man, Hamster2049, over at SmashRook.com. He streams live on Twitch. You can join him playing new games and old games every Wednesday night at 9 Eastern on his Twitch channel. You can get the link right through our social, through our Facebook page, through his website, again, smashedrook.com. Make sure that you check it out. And if you stop by and chat, tell them that the chicks from Electric Sisterhood sent you. One of my favorite humans on the planet, Phil the Issues Guy with Phil's Recap and Review, a great recap series on YouTube. Please 
like, subscribe, get the bell, ring a ding a dingin' so you get notifications when new things are out. You can check out his archive of shows at issuesprogram.com and also check out some of his live stuff that he's doing on Twitch as well. All from his website. Check out all the links. It's great stuff going down. And then last but certainly not least, keeping you up to date with all the stuff that nerds crave, whether it's video games, anime, music, manga, movies, or more. If it's nerdy at all, the nerds over at nerdcrave.com, they got an update about it. They got some feelings about it. You might want to check them out. So with that, it's time to wrap this sucker up. I'm Ninja Sister. And I'm Pandalicious. And until next time, titties and waffles.